Okay, we're looking this morning at the Ten Commandments. In the, in the uh, material we had for Vacation Bible School, it included the story of Moses, and it, the, the last lesson, the fifth lesson, was the Ten Commandments. And so we are looking at that this morning as part of wrapping up to the, the love of God expressed through Moses uh, to us, and especially also in the Ten Commandments. I just wanted to, to mention one thing in relation to the second commandment as Korah uh, was reading it, and the sense of God's love is there. It mentions there that uh, those who follow idols, they will experience God's judgment, and it mentions to the third and fourth generation. But then it says that God will show love, and not just to three or four but to a thousand generations. And so the picture, even in the law, is that it's, it's God's love being expressed. And, and how much? And, and a thousand generations. We're, we're not even done with that yet. From the time of Christ, a thousand generations, that, that work of God continues to be expressed in, in the law itself, in those little details, and more generally. So I wanted to share that with you as the people loved by God. This morning we are reading that story of God giving the law. And we read just a little bit earlier because it's a story of how how God brings his love to people. In love, he gives the law to the people. Why? So that they can be close to him and that they can also be close to one another. God gives us clear direction, clear insight in terms of how we should live, in terms of showing him love, and in terms of showing one another love. The first four commandments, speaking specifically about our relationship to God, and the last six about our relationship to one another. Now, in the reading this morning, I wanted first just to highlight how, how impressive the event is. There is the mountain shaking, a, a big mountain. There is thunder and lightning. There are, are trumpets as well as mentioned. So there's a, a great sense of majesty and power and wonder and amazement. And I wondered, first of all, where some of you here, we were away uh, in June when we had that big storm here with the hail and the lightning and the thunder, where some of you in the basement huddled down, it was a huge storm, right? It was impressive. We talked to our neighbor, uh, Dorothy, next door. She was in the basement. She thought, too, everything was shaking and the wind was blowing and the hail was coming down, and it was frightening. The sense of, of the event here. There is a sense, too. It says everyone trembled, they were afraid. But it's a, it's a fear of amazement of the power of God. And we see that in creation around us at times in those huge storms. The greatness and power of God is then transitioned, like in Psalm 19, to God wanting to powerfully affect our lives. God isn't just out there far away, not interested in us. God comes close. God wants to express his love to us. 
He's not just great and angry and distant, but he enters in. And that's a beautiful thing, how Moses goes to speak to him. And it's, it's because the people are fearful. Moses is a mediator and brings that word to the people, God's great care. And Psalm 19 says, too, that that word is sweeter than honey. And those who, who keep it will be richly rewarded. God wants us to be blessed by living in the way that we should before him and with one another. So to begin with, to, to keep God's law, we need to know that law. And so that's why I have given you the handout there, the little handout in terms of, of just a way of remembering God's law. And so if we just reflect on it for a minute, it, it has that sense and it's very handy because we have 10 fingers and there's 10 laws. Boy, that sure works well. And so number one, God is first, right? God is the one we have at the center of our lives. So very straightforward, number one. That reality works itself out in terms of number two, which is like a scissor, which is like you have to cut out other things that might get in the way of you and God. And there was, there was in the New Testament, Jesus encountered a gentleman who ran stuck in this area. There's a story in Matthew 19 where Jesus is approached by a man who, who loves the law. And, and he says to Jesus, what do I have to do to gain eternal life? And, and Jesus says, you have to keep the law. And Jesus names some of the laws. And, and then the man says, oh, I've, I've done them all. But then... Jesus focuses in on, on his understanding of the law, and he says to him, uh, you, have, you have tried your best, you have done well, but, but you have to sell everything and give it to the poor and then follow me. And Jesus is picking up on the second command, which says to cut out things that are greater than God. And it says the man is unwilling to do that. He couldn't cut that out. And so the sense of... of Cutting out things that we set higher than who God is. And so that's a very important one. Number three, of course, the W words. Be careful with your words. Watch your words, what you say. Do not take God's name in vain. Don't speak about God, about Jesus in ways that are not worthy of him. Number four has the sense, and yeah, how do you do that exactly, but the sense of, of people going to church. Four people fit in a car nicely, and the car has four wheels, and going to church, and, and going to church on Sunday. Have a day where we honor God. And so the fourth command reminds us of that. The fifth command is, is a sense of honoring, a sense of either holding up or saluting, honoring your parents, honoring those in authority. And you will be blessed. If you honor your parents, if you honor those in authority. Number six is the, the, the sense of a gun. And that if, do not murder, do not kill, do not, do not harm others. In word and especially not in deed. And number seven has the picture of two people 
two people who are married, and so you have people cheering, and you have the couple who is married, and faithfulness in marriage. Do not commit adultery. And with all the weddings going on this summer, that's just, yeah, what we see, too. We see people celebrating the joy of marriage, and God's law wants us to, to express that human love in a way that is pure and true and right. Number eight is, is actually like this, four and four. And that's because, yeah, historically, too, when thieves were caught, then to punish them for stealing, then their thumbs were cut off. And then it's harder to grab stuff and steal stuff. And so that just reminds us, the eighth commandment, do not steal. And the ninth command has the sense, too, of nine people say one thing, but one person is telling a lie. So there's truth, and we go forward in the truth, but then, then don't lie. So do not say false things about others. Do not lie about things. And number 10, all 10 fingers and the sense of, of grabbing stuff, coveting. Don't covet. Don't want what other people have. So with your 10 fingers, you can be reminded of the Ten Commandments. And in living out your life as you're doing things with your hands, as you're involved in things, it's just a fun way to be reminded of those laws that God has given us to guide us and to lead us in our living. Now, I hope that, first of all, helps you remember and then the sense of remembering is good, that you remember what those laws are. The next thing is to remember to do them, that you actually obey them, which is the point, that you remember what they are and that you actually do them. Now, when it comes to actually obeying them, We do try to do that sincerely, and generally we can say with the rich young with the rich ruler that Jesus talked to in Matthew nineteen, I'm I'm trying my best, I'm I'm hopefully doing fairly well. But the reality is that as Jesus spoke to him and showed him that really deep down he wasn't, and so as we encounter these laws, as we even see them in terms of, of remembering them, the, the thing that is of most importance is to realize that, that we are not as good as we think we are. And so, for example, do we really follow number one? Do we really have God as above all? Or do we go through the week with not a whole lot of thought about God. There's a lot of other things that that we put first. Or do I ever number 10? Do you ever number 10? Coveting, hey? Get both your hands on things. I want that. Boy, that drives us a lot when really it shouldn't at all to be content with what we have. Do I ever, number five, number five, honor my mother and father. I don't know. 
Sometimes, too, between kids and parents, sometimes between parents and older parents. Sense of honor, sense of respect. So when we reflect truly on these, that that reality enters into our understanding, in many ways, we fail. We fail to keep these laws the way we should, the way that would honor God the way that would be above reproach. We are sinful people. We are fallen. And the commandments give us that understanding again that we need. We need to recognize that that is who we are in our sin. But dear friends, it's, it's good to know the commands. It's good to do our best to keep them. But it's, it's most important to let those commands show us that we are sinful. That's, that's the best thing they can do. And you wonder, why is that? How is that? That begins in terms of not being able to keep the commands. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes us. And Romans 6.23 says, the result of that, the wages of sin is death. We will live our life thinking we're pretty good when really we aren't. And and when we die, we'll be on our deathbed and we'll wonder, I hope I'm going to heaven, but I'm not sure. I did this and this and this, and I didn't do that and that and that. And really, I know in my heart I'm no good. And that'll be the end, I guess. The wages of sin is death. To live a life that ends in that hopelessness. And if it depends on our good works, our obedience, we know ourselves and others can tell us we're not going to make it. And so that reality is addressed when it says in Romans 6.23, though the wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now I want to ask you, who was the only one who kept the whole law perfectly in all its detail? That was Jesus. He is the only one. And that reality enters into our understanding of the law. Jesus obeyed God completely. No idol. His words were always true and pure. He worshipped God faithfully. He continued to honor his mother and father. He lived in love with those around him. Jesus obeyed the law. He honored God. He loved people. So when we admit that we can't, when we look to Jesus, God sent Jesus so we can look to him, the sinless one, and then the gift is that by faith, By saying, I wish I was like him. I wish I could be like him. By faith, say, I want to, Jesus, Jesus, I want to be like you. That the gift is that we are forgiven of our sin. And that we are given his righteousness. So that when God looks at us, when God judges us, when God evaluates how we're doing, there's sin there, absolutely. But Jesus steps in and says, These are forgiven in me. And God sees Jesus, his sacrifice. And we receive that perfection in Christ. 
as a gift. We don't deserve it. But that's where our hope lies. And then our living here also extends to eternity as Jesus died and rose again and lives today. And so the message of the church has always been believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Not obey the Ten Commandments and you will be saved. That's not what we preach. The commandments point us to our sin, which point us to Jesus, which gives us that saving hope in him. So that's the love that we celebrated with the kids as well through the week. And that's the love that we celebrate also today as church. And the commandment has that most important place of continuing to connect us with that love of God to help us see our sin and enter in fully into that gracious gift that God gives. So this morning again, we are invited to take hold of that grace of God in Jesus, that gift with thankfulness and joy. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming into this world, you being the full word descending from heaven, even as, as we read the story about uh, God descending and giving Moses the law to the people. You, Lord Jesus, came and you lived among us and you demonstrated what it is to love and that you showed us that love of God completely and that even you were obedient unto death, even death on a cross, that we would have the hope of eternal life. We thank you for that. We thank you and we pray that all here too would receive that hope with thankfulness and joy, even the little ones. Lord, we thank you that we can also hear that good news, and we pray that you would help us to continue to live out that good news in thankfulness, that we would live in a way that, that just responded in thankfulness to your, your goodness, that we would be generous instead of taking and coveting and stealing, that we would be a worshipful people, focusing our lives on you and not on ourselves and the things around us, that we would speak the truth about our sin and your grace, and that you would continue to work out your will in our lives, where you, Lord Jesus, said that we should love you and we should love one another, even as you, Lord Jesus, had loved us. May we live that out each day in thankfulness to you. We pray in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.